What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Toronto Maple Leafs? What's up, everybody? This is Anthony Alhefe recording live and direct from the Billy Shears Podcast Studio. We're going to get into this episode of the Leaf Edition, uh, probably the last one of the year, but I think I'm going to do another one. I think the goal is to do another one with some more opinions about the Leafs playoff run this year. And before we get into this, uh, Dave was in studio actually for this one and we had a good chat about it, but I forgot to bring up a really good point. So I just want to get that point out early. I'm not mad about this loss. Let me rephrase. I'm mad about this loss. I'm not frustrated with this loss like I have been in the last couple of years. The last five years, the Leafs have had a really rough playoff I don't know, run. And, you know, Leaf fans, you're tuning in, you know, you know what it is. I wasn't mad about Washington's loss. It was a tough loss to the eventual champs. Columbus loss and the Boston losses were tough. This loss, this was a really good team. Back-to-back champs, we all get it. I'm not frustrated. I'm just a little mad. With that being said, Tampa's an incredible team, and you know that. Um, so it is what it is. I thought they played well. There was a couple gaffes, but those those things happen in professional sports. But I'm not frustrated with this loss. I'm just a little sad. With that being said, thank you so much for downloading, tuning in, and checking this out. Frustrated, just a little sad. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think we're ready to hit it and quit it. Um, so you know what's kind of weird is. Uh, Jesse, I messaged him a bunch of times, and Ball Walker? Yeah, and I had a, a whole bunch of issues with that. I couldn't get a hold of him, and even when I was trying to get a hold of him, I could, like, we were trying to make things work, we couldn't make things work, and then, especially after, obviously, the loss, um, like, he just went dark. Yeah, I think, uh, mostly fans <laughs> have gone dark right now. Um, yeah, so, okay, so anyways, uh, let's get into it. <clears throat> Tracton Bears? What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Toronto Maple Leafs? What's up, y'all? Um, I'm joined here with Dave. Dave, welcome to your second Leaf edition of the season. Uh, it's a big year for me. <laughs> so busy keeping up with all these podcasts. It's been uh, it's been quite the experience. Well, um, we might as well just get into it. Let's uh, do it. This is the end of season, unfortunately. Um, I would say probably. Three rounds too soon. Um, yeah, you know, I, I would even just say one round too soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All we wanted was a first round pass, but uh, was not meant to be. I I already kind of figured, you know, even for how well we did in the regular season, Tampa, Tampa or Florida were going to be our biggest issues. Uh, Carolina would have been a tough team. I would have loved to play Boston, but even Boston, taking Carolina to seven games, it's totally. just, it was a weird first round for a lot of teams. And, you know, I think everybody expected game seven for the Leafs in Tampa. Like, I mean, I know I called uh, seven games. I think in our hockey pool, a lot of people called seven games. Yeah. Drake made a bunch of money getting uh, the teams to game seven. And, uh, God damn it, it just didn't go her goddamn way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, at this point, the songs remain the same. It just, it's it's very heartbreaking. Now, let's backtrack a little bit. I want to talk about my experience. I was lucky enough to go to, just happened to be in Tampa. My um, my, my pseudo brother-in-law, I don't really know what to call him, he's dating my sister-in-law. He got tickets to go to the game, um, game six. We sat six rows from the ice, and I was... And we, how much were the tickets? The tickets were uh, in can, in Canadian, $275. Canadian. <laughs> And you, you know what? I thought I would honestly. I thought I was, I thought I was so nice, because uh, so I thought it was a very nice gesture. He's like, he's like, it's, you're big. You're turning forty this year. Uh, I want this to be part of your birthday present. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm. I was like, well, that's cool. Um, I appreciate that. And he's like, oh, and your Christmas present, and also your birthday present for next year. I'm like, okay, that's that's really fair. But I was like, wow, man, you know, I've only known you for like a year and you know me better than my wife. This is incredible. <laughs> um, but so he got these tickets and I felt really bad because the cost involved with them. He was able to sell the other two and make a little bit of money back. But I still felt obligated to buy the drinks, which were fine. But everything was a king can. Everything was like 11 bucks US. So it would balance out to about 12, 13 bucks Canadian. Right. Still a sweet deal for both of us. 
you know what's funny is I remember the picture that you posted, and that tall boy that he had was, I was like, that is not a no. regular tall boy. That's, no. yeah, that's a king, a king can. King can. That's I, awesome. I think it's 21 ounces. That's awesome. Yeah. So... When, the, pro- the problem is those kind of beers, they get warm by the time you're that's near why the you, end of it, right? Honestly, that's why you don't drink beer. Like, I drink um, the, the, these knockoff uh, White Claws, and the, they were fine. Like, even when they were somewhat warm. Although, honestly, they didn't have a chance to get warm because we were slamming drinks because the Leafs went down 2 nothing in the game. <sighs> by the end of the second period, they're up 3-2, and then we just start to celebratory drink and drink everything in sight, yeah. uh, which definitely led to a really heartbreaking overtime loss. Um, but I'll, I'll say this, because... I, I think, I hate to say this, but Gary Bettman, the amount of time and energy he's put into teams in the Sunshine State um, and the Sunshine Belt, Tampa is an absolute incredible experience. Uh, so let me put it out this way. First of all, the arena is huge, but when you get into the actual ice surface, it's very compact. Mm-hmm. And it, you feel like, um, you don't feel like you're sitting on top of each other, but you definitely feel cozy. And uh, they have, uh, on the, the ceiling of the arena, they have these Tesla coils. And when the lightning score, right, yeah. they actually generate lightning. And you with, feel it, right? Don't you feel you, it a you, little you bit? Hear, you feel the vibration of the, of the buzzing of everything happening. Um, but it didn't, it didn't matter because when the lightning scored, you didn't notice that because everyone went absolutely bananas. Can I just clarify for you? Um, you're thinking of a Van de Graaff coil, not mm-hmm. a Tesla coil. Okay. That's what creates a static electricity. Thank Tesla you. Tesla coil was an electromagnetic field. Okay. Cool. So please, let's awesome. just clarify Thank you. that for Thank, I appreciate the the, uh, the uh, proper <laughs> education on it. Um, so uh, we, we get there. on In our section, we had... I don't know, maybe like 100 people in a section. I would say we had at least 30 Leaf fans in our section. Uh, yeah, from from on TV, like seeing it, it looked like a lot of Leaf fans were coming down, which is cool to see. It, it, it was, and it was hard. It, was not like, it wasn't like they were playing the Senators, like red and white team or the Red Wings or whatever. Yeah. The, the jerseys are identical, and you couldn't tell, unless you really looked for it, who, who a team was what. And we had this, uh, this family behind us, um, young adult kids tw- in their early 20s, and their parents there. They were very, the two kids were like a little bit of shitheads, but um, the younger one obviously definitely more shithead. But they were like clapping in our ears. They were screaming in our ears because they were sitting behind us. We couldn't really like, I didn't want to turn around and make a scene about it. Or were they trying to like yeah. get on your nerves? Yeah, and I was like, oh, dude, you're getting the wrong guy because <laughs> I, I thrive on this. So my plan was to come up with the lamest but still funny dad joke like uh, insults. So, uh, so Palat skates by and he stops and he's, sl- he's skating back slowly. I'm like, Palat's afraid of the sun. He wears SPF 90. <laughs> the, people, the people around me, they, they look up and they kind of like smile. And then Corey Perry uh, skates by. I'm like, Perry, you suck. You have morning breath all day. And then all the, like, so people started laughing. And we started making friends in the section, and people kind of got it, right? Like, they were like, "This guy's not here causing trouble. He's just having fun." Yeah. Then their mascot, I think his name's Thunderbug or something like that, or Ray, some sort of insect, right? Right. Yeah. And I, I, I gotta give this guy this mascot props because he stood on the chair in front of me, hmm. uh, on the back of it, balancing in the suit, twerking in my face. Did he really? Legit. I have a photo. So they gave us these foam... I don't know if you guys saw them on TV, but they were like these light-up foam noodles. And they're, okay. they're about like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. 14 I, inches long, whatever. Right. So I took it and I started like ramming it into his butt. Oh my God. And people around me were like, don't be disrespectful to the... Dude, Thunderbug. He's, he's twerking in your face. <laughs> yeah. Don't be disrespectful. Yeah, so I, I, there's, a picture, there's a picture of me doing that. Um, Thunderbug. Whatever. Don't be mean to Thunderbug. So, I, so anyways, like, after the second period, I'm hammered. And I started every Tampa reference I can think of. I'm like, what do you call people from Tampa? Tampons. <laughs> like, Tampons. I'm like, where's Hulk Hogan when you need him, oh. brother? Oh. I, I, I was just trying to try do anything. And then oh. Lee should have used some Brooke Hogan references. Oh, oh she, she used to, to sing, sing the national yeah. yeah. And I was like, someone called Drake because it's about to go down. Uh, you know, like we were like, we had, anyways. Long, long and short, the fans initially were like, everything was very hostile, but like the tension was there. The atmosphere was insane. So they have, um, as soon as the whistle goes, the music is it's cranked. It's not even at 10, it's at 11. It's insane. So we had, um, we were dealing with like this very, like you couldn't even get a chant going because as soon as the play stopped, bam, loud music. And everybody's into it. And they're all jams and everyone's having a good time. Um, but when that overtime winner went in, I had 
the perfect view because we were between the ha the hash um, the hash lines and the goal line. So we we saw it trickle in. It was incredibly heartbreaking. It, it happened right in front of us, and to have everybody around you jump up. Some guy threw a beer at us. He missed, but we got a little, a little sprinkle on it. It was fine. Threw a beer at you. Yeah. So. I thought you were saying the Tampa fans were great. I guess you always get one shithead. There's always one shithead, yeah. right? So, but it, it was it was a crazy experience. And thumbs up to Tampa. Like it's it's quite the experience if you go there and enjoy it. Um, and I can eat. I we, we earlier in the day we were at, in Dunedin at the Blue Jays facility, and I was talking to a, a Canadian guy. He's from Toronto. He was all. I used to be a Leaf fan, but I've been down here for two years, and I'm honestly I'm a Tampa fan now. Mm. And I was like, why? And he's like, he's like, it's just a wild experience. He's like, you have to experience it. And I did, and I have to say, like, I'm not a Tampa fan, but it was incredible. Like, it was just a lot of fun, and Gary Bettman, I think, having the team there has done really well for Listen, that team. That's, a, that's the states in general, and I, I've got to assume, like, the Sunshine sort of states are going to be the party kind of places to be. Just like Vegas, they do entertainment, mm -hmm. right? They mm -hmm. get the atmosphere going, and especially if you think of a team like Florida Panthers, where they were playing baseball games at one point when they couldn't get any attendance up. They are playing baseball games in their lobby area while the hockey game was going wow. on. Like, they have to appeal to the fans, especially these outside perspectives where people aren't even really hockey fans. So it's probably uh, a good thing, but it's, it's kind of disappointing that we're an original six team. We've been doing hockey for so long, yet we can't even hit this sort of stride of creating that kind of atmosphere. We're always just like, it seems like so professional. And it drives me crazy. Let's get our fans ramped up. And that's why everybody, like, rags on, like, our arena. It's like it's easy to play in because the fans are so quiet. Or it's like... Yeah, well... Well, I, I, so I had this really good conversation with this couple. They were in... So the way that they do, they do their um, boxes or their, their um, yeah, executive boxes is at the top of each section, they have a row of boxes. And then up, they have another row of boxes. So you, even though you have, like, box seats... You're, you still feel like you're in the action. Right. And I was walking up the stairs, and there's a guy, um, you know, like, shaved head, and he was kind of, like, hanging out the box a little bit. And we just chatted for, like, two seconds, and we, we just broke out instantly because we're all uh, big hockey fans. And uh, so shout out to Alex if you're listening to this and your girlfriend and wife, whatever, Bree. You guys were awesome. I appreciate you guys because you guys were, like, super cool and uh, fans of the enemy. And um, I appreciate We just sat and we chatted. Did you for give him your podcast card and say, <laughs> I hope you're listening? Or <laughs> No, but I might have to shoot him a message after this. Okay. But they, they were super cool. But in, in the, and they were, the thing that I was very curious about is, you know, you look at the two-time defending champs and you think to yourself, okay, who do they want to face up against? And I was talking to Alex about this. And he goes, the last thing all Tampa fans wanted was Toronto. They are hoping for anybody but Toronto, and when they got Toronto, they were honestly scared of the Leafs, which, as a Leaf fan, that's great to hear. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way, but it, it was kind of cool to hear that, like, you know, because you, you, you think Boston fans would eat it up. Boston fans would be on fire for it, you know? And I thought it was just, like, just kind of cool that they had given the Leafs respect. And even at the end of the series, you saw, the, you saw, the, uh, you saw John Cooper, uh, Stamkos, Hedman, um, they were all talking about how evenly matched, matched yeah, they were, which it, was great. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like it's nice to hear, but that only goes so far. <laughs> yeah, you're right, <laughs> because but, we still lost. But you know, if you compare this this playoff loss and disappointment to last year's, last year's was the embarrassment kind oh, of loss, that, right? Last year's was way worse. It was a yeah. team that wasn't even supposed to be in the playoffs, and they beat you. You know, that is heartbreaking, and it, you never want to see that. You never want you to see your team go down to. Uh, an inferior team, but these teams were so matched up that it was actually like it. It doesn't sting like it did last year. Last oh. year, I had to take a break for two weeks from sports. I couldn't even watch baseball because I was so heartbroken and devastated with what the what the results were. I I have to you know get fact checked on this, but I and I could be wrong. But out of the last five years that they've made the playoffs, I think three of the teams have made the finals. Yeah, that, that goes to show something, right? Bo yeah, so Bo Boston, Montreal, and I think Washington, Washington. might have been the same year. I, I'm pretty sure it's the same and year. So Washington, Washington won. won the Stanley Cup. Boston got to the finals, and Montreal last and year. And Montreal got to the finals, and that, and then who knows what happens with Tampa this year? Like that just sours me so much. You know, you want to if you're going to lose, you might as well lose to either the Stanley Cup champions or someone going to the finals. But man, it just sours me because it's like we're so close, and now what happens if Tampa wins? We're the team that lost first round to them. By one goal in Game Seven. I mean, it's it's a little heartbreaking. It sounds like an Ottawa Center thing. It's like, oh, we lost to Pittsburgh in Game Seven by one goal, and it was a fluke goal or whatever the case is. And then Pittsburgh ends up winning, and then for whatever reason, the Centers end up collapsing and become the 
shit story of the NHL. But regardless, it's just it's heartbreaking to sort of have those kind of losses. But if you're going to lose, I guess you want to lose to the best. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. I mean, I never like to a I never like my team to lose. But I mean, as Leaf fans, we're kind of used to it by now. Yeah. The, the hard part is. We we knew what two weeks before the season ended, or maybe even like a month before the season ended, that it was probably going to be Tampa, and then you know we 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 had our high hopes because after game one five nothing win, you know they're chanting Leafs in four, you know like everyone's excited. I don't know. I don't know if anybody was getting on their high horse, like especially after Tampa won game two. The fact that we won game three in Tampa, I was like, okay, now we have a potential. We have a series here because I thought when Tampa won game two, it's like ah, this is not looking too good. Overall, I thought it was a very back and forth uh, series. Like every, both teams had their own games. Like their wins were their games. Uh, it only got you know more intense in game six and seven when it was a much closer score. But you know, it it is just it is too hard to go through time and time again. And I'm not gonna turn to Kyle here and just like jump ship. I'm too fucking loyal to a T. Like I'm gonna level with you. I had a meeting the other day at work, and they want to take our laptops away to give us different ones. They want to give us Dell laptops, and I've been using a Microsoft Surface for the last four years, okay? Okay. And I love it. I'm very, you know, comfortable with it. Okay. I'm loyal to the product. Okay. Lo it's loyal to the brand, yeah. Loyal to the brand, loyal to the product, because it's been good to me. Okay. And now they're taking it away, and I'm <laughs> pissed off. And it's like, this is me being a Leaf fan, because I'm too fucking loyal to a fault. Like, I can't... Get away from it. I, I have to figure out how I can sort of just jump ship or make changes like that. And it's not like I don't make changes, but I, like, mentally, I cannot see myself cheering for another hockey team. I can't, I just can't, like, I'll be happy for other teams, but I'm not, I don't, I can't find myself watching other teams on a regular basis. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I always find it interesting. I, weird probably not the right word, but I find it interesting when there's people who, what, live, live in Ontario or let's say live in the GTA and they're like, oh, I'm a San Jose Sharks fan. It's like <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, like Scott Hunter, right, from Smash. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm a San Jose Sharks fan. I'm like, why? And he's like, well, you know, like I worked at a bar and, you know, their games were always on late and I watched a lot of their okay. games and became a fan. That's actually that, a fair point. That's, yeah. That makes sense. But if, if that's not the case, then, like, what's your excuse? And, okay, whatever. I always feel like, you know, geographically, if, if you live close to Buffalo and you want to be a Sabres fan, you have that option because you live close to Buffalo. You know, but if you live in the, you live in the GTA, you should be a Leaf fan. And if you're not, okay, fine. But there has to be a good reason. Like, you know, we have people in our group chat like, oh, I, I've been to this one place a couple times, so I'm now a fan of their sports team. Well, are you a fan of the sports team or are you a fan of the town that they live in? Like, uh, the, the, the town that you visit. Because I've been to Pittsburgh, but that doesn't make me a Penguins fan. I like Pittsburgh. It's a fun town. But I'm not a Penguins fan. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it, it, I would, you know, I was thinking about that as you just said that. What a luxury it must be living on the West Coast, though. Because you could just see all the teams, all the sports at all times. I think Ian Carter was even saying when he lived in Alberta, like, getting home from work. Like, the Leaf game was on at oh, supper yeah. time. Yeah. Like, 4.30 or 5 o'clock, like, Leaf game on. It's like, pfft, beautiful. And yeah. then you have the rest of the you night the to do whatever, night. Yeah. whatever you want, you know? Well, I, I, I'm a firm believer that you can have, you can definitely have your local team, like, obviously the Leafs for us, but I've always been a fan of Edmonton. I've always liked Edmonton as a West Coast team. Yeah. But I watch them from a distance. I don't I don't follow them. I watch them from a distance. Happy for them. Right. Like they, they were always, at least in our generation, they were always like the underdog team. So totally. when they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, they just squeak into the playoffs, and then they get on this crazy run. I was cheering for them. Yeah, totally. Like, same thing with Calgary when they made the run, too. And, like, right now I would say my team that I'm going to watch or cheer for is Calgary. Because I like the, and they've always been like a blue-collar team. Totally. And well, I, I, I think like that's that. Alberta in general, right? That's Alberta in general, yeah. but all, Oilers aren't necessarily a blue-collar team. I mean, they got a domestic abuser on their team now. I don't really consider them blue-collar. <laughs> black and blue-collar. <laughs> Racist! Oh, my God. Oh, wait, <laughs> black and blue because he abused. Yeah, all right. Wow. I thought you were talking about the person of no. interest. <laughs> no. God, the POC. Jeez. But, you know, I, I, I think this playoffs is... is the, it is pretty wild because you look at the East. You had uh, all teams that were a hundred point teams, minimum hundred point teams. Yeah, uh, but Pro I, probably the toughest division I, again. Oh yeah. I mean, the Leafs have been sorry to cut you off. The Leafs have been cursed 
with some of the best teams in the NHL over the last 10 years. You got Boston, yeah. who I don't want to say they're a dynasty. They're not a dynasty, but they've been one of the strongest contenders of the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Made the playoffs consistently, made a couple Stanley Cup final runs, and a Stanley Cup champion was at 2011. We got Tampa, back-to-back champions, right. made their pushes. You got... Um, Pittsburgh. And, like Pittsburgh had their run, too. Yeah, well, well that's, that's the East in general, but their division specifically here. You got yeah. Montreal, who made it to the finals. You got Florida, who's now the President's Trophy winners. Like, it doesn't end. The Leafs are always dealing with sometimes the best competitors of the whole league. But you have... Like, I, I've seen this in Tampa, too. Like, it's almost an honor to be up against the... The back-to-back champs, because to be the man, you got to beat the man. I to get be it. the best, you got to beat the best. I get it. And I was like, you know, they took the best. And now watch. Now Florida and Tampa is going to be a wild series. Yeah. And you, you're going to see. It might be, if Toronto Tampa isn't the series of the playoffs so far, then Florida Tampa might be the the series of the playoffs because those are two high octane octave teams with great goaltending and. Every line they got they got stars on every line, so I'm very excited to see a lot see of firepower for sure. Everything everything's gonna be like very interesting. You have the Battle of Alberta. Like there are some like really nice matchups. The, the 2022 playoffs have have already been wild, and I think they will continue to get wild. But l- let's let's talk more Leaf specific stuff because I want to talk about the series. I want to talk about like some players who you had highs and lows. Maybe where you want to see things going. Um, I want to start off by saying, right now in Toronto media. Well, right now in Toronto media, there's a lot of distraction with this Mitch Marner um, carjacking. Yeah. But there's a lot of hate for John Tavares, which blows my mind. What? Really? I don't, I've, I've heard, really? I've heard you got to get out of this John Tavares contract, $11 million, blah, blah, blah. You know what? John Tavares scored the only goal in Game 7 for the Leafs. John Tavares scored in Game 6. Two goals. Two goals in Game 6. John Tavares, in that in um, that dreaded Boston series, I'm sorry, my... Um, yeah, uh, maybe it was the the um, Columbus series. Was he only Leaf to score in that game? It was the Boston series. That's what it was. You know, like not Boston. The play-in series would be Columbus. Uh, that's right. The Boston series before the play-in was tro- was Tavares even on the team yet? I don't think he. Yeah, was he was on the team. That because they lost three one. He was the only Leaf to score in that game. Oh, okay. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is Tavares has shown up in game sevens. He's not the flashy guy, but he, you know, he's a guy that makes things, makes things happen. If you look, go back to Game Five for the Leafs, he had that goal that went off his foot, whatever it counted. Who cares? And even in Game Seven, the goal that got taken away, which you know, whatever, however you feel about that call, Ugh. I was I was in the airport. Okay, first of all, if traveling with kids wasn't stressful enough, imagine traveling with kids. You're a high, uh, you're already like a high. Not, altitude? Not high altitude. I'm trying oh. to say... Um, stoned? Like, no, <laughs> I'm not trying to say you're stoned. I'm trying to say like I'm a very big sports fan, right? I'm a very big Leaf fan. So you have this stress of traveling with kids. You also have this stress of we have, we're having delays. It's getting later. The kids are crankier. And game seven. Yeah. And, I'm walk- and I don't want to put it on my iPad because I, I'm trying to pay attention to my kids. But also, everybody's fucking watching the game. So I'm looking over people's shoulders, watching other people's laptops. Oh I'm that creepy guy, right? And... That John Tavares goal, everybody cheered except for two people who were Tampa fans. But everybody cheered for that goal. And when it got taken away, you felt the wind come out of the ter- the terminal. It was so disheartening. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't I didn't see it in real time. I, I I only caught bits of the game, so I really didn't watch the game. But it didn't really look like interference to me. It almost looked like it looked like accidental interference, or maybe uh, I, I, it was. I don't know if it was Nylander or Tavares well, who it, kind of skated. It, it was around. a pick. Yeah. Uh, but. I, I'm not. I'm, I have to like. Well, listen, my memory's foggy, and I'm probably biased on this, but I don't remember him running into the player to stop him. He was standing in that position. Right. And, and I get it, but I, I remember seeing the ref waving his hands, and I was like, "Wait, wait, what's going on?" But the celebration was happening, so I kind of thought it was a goal. All right, it's a fucking goal. But man, when it got waved off, yeah, I think it sucked a lot of the momentum out, which. Drove me nuts, and I I think it was around the time that it was like the halfway mark in the game. I was like, okay, now the Leafs are warming up because for the last like three or four games, they weren't turning things on until the halfway mark in the game. That was that was uh, the Leafs' game plan. The game the yeah, was to grind so out the first and second out, and yeah. win in the third. That's what it seems like. Yeah, yeah. because I mean they, they had they had the speed on Tampa, so if they could grind Tampa, yeah. at least in the first and second period or or the first half of the game, they were going to be able to excel in the third, which is what they did. The, that's what they did in game. Five. That's what they did in Game Six. Yeah. And you know, Game Seven, Tampa, Tampa wise up to a lot of things. So, I don't. Know, I just found it interesting. And wherever you lie with that, it is what it is. I mean, officiating has been 
a very interesting topic when it comes to the Leafs this season. They, I think they said over the last five years, Toronto is the number one team for the least amount of calls their way. Yeah. And you can't, you can't just imagine that, oh, yeah, the Leafs just, they just play this way where, or the other teams play the Leafs this way where they just don't get a lot of penalties. There has to be something to it. And, you know, I, I get it. When you're not a Leaf fan, just like if you're not a Yankees fan, you just want to hate that team because they're the team with the most shine in the league, you know? Yeah. And I get and I get it, but it doesn't make it any easier to digest. Yeah, I'm trying to just find the stat really quickly on my phone here. But So Tavares, I think, scored maybe 28, maybe 29 goals or something like that. I remember complaining actually to a friend of mine who's very, very knowledgeable about hockey. And I said, yeah, like, I don't know. This is during the season. Maybe Tavares needs to get bought out. Like, I just don't know if he's really able to keep up the tempo and stuff. And he said, listen, I know it seems like a lot of money, but he's an all-around player. Totally. Like, if he scores 28 goals, do you know how hard it is to score 28 goals in this league? Regardless if he's, like, making $11 million. 20 goals is 20 goals, plus he's doing all the other stuff. Yeah. He's doing all the dirty stuff, and he's leading the team on and off the ice. You cannot say that he's not worth that money. He is. We know Austin Matthews is one of a kind. And in his next contract, he's going to be the highest paid player in the NHL. Easily. Easily. I hope the Leafs can somehow afford him with what's going on right now. But this guy, what did he score? 60 goals in 67 games? Well, yeah, when you're talking about the value of Matthews, it's obviously insane. I mean, let's say on JTO for a second here because I, I think I'm with you too. Like, he chose to come here. He took a little bit less money knowing that this is where he wanted to be. I, I, I believe as your second line center, when your first line center is Austin Matthews, the most elite scorer in the league right now, yeah, everybody who's going to be playing second line center is going to seem inferior to that. Yeah, John Tavares, you're right. He's 100. percent He is an all around player. He's you know he's a quiet, steady guy, and you always know what you're getting out of him. You know, yeah, he has a little bit of fumbles one game, or it might be a little hotter one game. That's every player in the league. John Tavares is super consistent, and you know it's it's hard to argue with JTO. But I have a hard time understanding the hate that he gets. And, I mean, you know, we all know Nylander and whatever, 7 million bucks, whatever it is, who cares. Nylander's still a solid player, too. Oh. And he's a playoff performer. I think this is just the media picking on somebody. And somebody's got to be the fall guy. Last year it was Marner, right? Marner and Matthews played unbelievable in the season. Like, Matthews got nine points in seven games. He produced. And whenever these guys were on the ice, they controlled the game. And Matthews was throwing... He led both teams body, in body yeah. checks. It's seven body when, checks in when, game five. When he was um, not scoring, when Matthews didn't have the puck, it wasn't, nothing was working for him, he started throwing his body around. He was getting involved in other ways, which is what a great player does. He adapts. And he was doing all the right things. We got Marner, Matthews, Nylander was all producing. Tavares was even producing. But they want to pick one of the core four. Riley was producing. Riley, but Riley, they got to pick on somebody. Riley's had the best season he's ever had yeah. in the NHL this year. So if they're going to pick on somebody, maybe Nylander. But Nylander did fine. And Nylander makes a lot less than Tavares. So Tavares becomes the fall guy. That's just the typical Toronto media totally. picking on somebody. I don't blame Tavares at all. I think he was a great leader. I think he was a great player in the series. I think they just unfortunately fell short. And I think... Toronto's third and fourth lines played great too. I think it was just unfortunate. Like you know, it's just what it goes. I, I was watching Pierre Engvall because I was so curious to see what he would be like without the puck. I, I wanted to see him in person. I, like I, I was lucky enough to go to the Heritage game as well too. It was a shit game. Like it was hard to pinpoint anybody playing bad. But in game six, watching Engvall, it was like um, I instantly saw value in him because. He's a fast, big guy. He doesn't throw the body around a lot, but the thing is, he's always in the way. So even though he might not be an exact puck threat, he's a without-the-puck threat. And he's long. Like he's he, long, He has yeah. good reach. He has, he has range, yeah. right? So I was really impressed. Like, in, Engvall, I found this year, had a pretty big coming-out party. Uh, Mikheyev, too. Like, Mikheyev, uh, you know, it's hard to see where he's going to be. He, I mean, he probably won't be on the team next year. He's probably going to play himself out of the city. But Engvall? Sorry, uh, Mikheyev. Mikheyev, yeah. You know, and, and he... I would say games one, two, and three, he was on fire. He was throwing the body. He was making chances happen. And you could see him slow down in the in the second half of the series, which was disappointing. But it didn't mean he wasn't, like, trying less. I'm sure his impact was just less. Yeah. But um, when, when you talk about those third and fourth lines, I thought Blackwell played incredible. Yeah. He might – I mean, him and Gio were, like, great pickups at the deadline. Yeah. And to think that they got him for, like – 
nothing. Nothing, you know? Well, people were like, Blackwell's a bag of pucks. Like, that, I think that was in our chat group. He's like, he's a bag of pucks. I'm like, okay, well, let's see what this guy does. He was like a feisty little Marchand kind of player. Like, he wasn't scoring, although he did, he could put up some points, but for a fourth-line player, he played great. Speedy, speedy, wasn't afraid to throw the body around, got into corners, tried to get the puck out, moved the puck around. I was very impressed with him. Let me ask you this. Do you think Jason Spezza returns for maybe year four or five or whatever it is? I think he goes straight to the coaching staff on the Marlies. You know, it's so and he, and he earns his keep there, and then he's gonna he's gonna be the head coach in the next five years for the Leafs. He's wow. gonna be the Martin Saint Louis, with the player coach, the former player coach, the former legend player, Leaf legend player coach that we've always wanted. We've always had these like stingy, hard ass coaches over time. We think of Pat Burns. Yeah. Pat Quinn. Peter Horacek. <laughs> Babcock. I don't even want to mention. Wilson. Wilson. Car- Wilson. Car- Car- Carl. Carlisle. Carlisle. Good one, Randy. <laughs> nice one, Randy. Um, yeah, like, I think I think Sheldon Keefe's been a great coach. I don't think... Well, shit, man, he's, did a gr- he's done a great no, job I, in I, this I, season. I, 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 can't, I can't fault him or anything, but I've got to see, like... What's going to happen over the next five years? If nothing gives, he's got to go. See, the thing is, I don't think he's lost the room like Babcock did. I think that right. the players really enjoy him. And honestly, I would love to have a drink with him because I think he's one of those guys okay. where he, he... Yes, yes, but what I think is they would respond to Spezza better. And they have. Like, Spezza gave him that pep talk, right? right? right. Spezza's the guy that has actually been there. He's been to the Stanley Cup Finals twice. He never got that ring. He wants that, and he's going to find another way to get it. It's going to have to be through coaching. Well, I I don't think I don't think he can be in the team next year. I just maybe he could. I I really don't know. The team is good enough that they could have Spezza play in a platoon role. I guess where he's playing maybe which he did 50, this year fifty games. You know, he plays fifty games. Or yeah, whatever. they'll give him a light load. You know. Yeah, and I mean he's he's good at the power play power play too. Um, He's also he's great to have on the fourth line. Plus, he's a guy that can score. He's a guy that can pit pit pocket goals, and that's you know fourth line. If you can get that out of your fourth line, that's a win. Yeah. He's just you know I I worry that you know I found this year he he was probably half step slow to see him a full step slower. I don't know if that works out. I think he's like thirty eight or thirty nine at this point, so I gotta imagine his body's hurting as well too. But I would love to. I would love your scenario to happen. If it didn't happen, it would be a shame. I mean, I can definitely. I thought too that he'd be one of those guys. Excuse me. Who would just find himself into the coaching staff he, in a matter will. of time? You, you know why is he is an incredibly analytical person. Apparently, I remember listening to like this interview a long time ago with him. I think when he was still in Dallas, and he was always like after every game, he was just watching Sports Center like crazy. He was involved on every team, and he was like taking notes on everybody. He's just so into mm-hmm. the game, and he he says he knows he has a future in hockey after his playing days. That's cool. Whatever that ends up being, either it's a GM role or something, or a coaching role, I think coaching is probably more up his alley. Like, he seems to be the guy that can get players going. If not, just a laugh track of him just... Oh. <laughs> 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 no, it's that's not even close to his laugh. It's... <laughs> okay, okay. Let's see if we can find it. We will cut it in right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so when we look at the season again, when we look at the playoff run... It is what it is. Let's talk a little bit about the future of the Leafs. They, they had to clean up the lockers today. Um, again, that Mitch Marner thing kind of like as a big um, shadow over everything. But I've got to say this. I actually appreciate Shanahan and Dubis kind of coming out and saying the same thing. Like, we're not going to change just for the sake of change. We, we just had the best season in our history. Yeah. You know, yes, we lost to the defending two-time champs. That definitely sucks. You know, it they lost by they lost a you know by I guess two goals technically, but they lost two one in a game seven. That was the most exhilarating hockey you could ask for. Yeah. Again, the game six, I barely blinked in that whole game. There was just there's something about this team that when they get over this hump, they are going to be kicking it into fourth gear and moving quickly. Which is just what happened for a team like Washington. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what happened for a team like St. Like St. Louis. And a team like Tampa. Kucherov even said, after they got eliminated when they were expected to win, he said, I don't know, we haven't figured it out yet. We're not like Pittsburgh. But maybe when we start winning, we'll win like Pittsburgh. We'll win two in a row Damn, or wow. So po- and he wins two, two in a row. And who fucking knows? They could go for three here. Like, this is insane. 
But I just want to share one thing here. Bummer can be a distraction if there's somebody else for a trade request. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine sounded better, more like his than yours did. <laughs> no way, man. Not even close. I mean, just a classic clip. You did more of like a, a Kessel kind of laugh than oh Spezza. Oh, okay. So, what, is there anything else we want to talk about when it comes to Leafs? Yeah, so if we think about the future of the Leafs here, like, I, obviously they're going to be losing some players. You have to fit that Riley contract in play here. I think, honestly, Muzzin is probably going to go. Mm-hmm. He's got, I think, two years left on his contract. Uh, I think he, had a, he, sort of, he signed a four-year contract. I don't think it's three more years. I think I think it's two more seasons. Yeah, yeah, so two more seasons. I think they might even find a, another place for him to go. Um, or he's going to be on LTR for the Wait, whole season. On, honestly, like, I thought Muzzin played well in the playoffs this year. Like, it's, not, it's not his problem. It's not that. It's the fact that they need to offload some salary. And they're not going to be able to fit Mikheyev. And I don't think that's a problem because Dubas has been really good at filling in the third and fourth lines. He's been finding players at discounts. He's been importing players in. And he's been creating that internal competition that was needed for the Leaf team. I think like Giordano comes back so, on, on a huge cut. Like oh, I yeah. think I think he comes back on a one million contract. Um, I I think you know Muzzin is probably gone. I think Lilligren and Sandin, who we didn't get to have for the whole playoffs, come back a blazing to take another step. And I think the decor looks a lot better. I think we're going to lose some of our depth when it comes to our third and fourth lines, but I think that's probably some room for some pickups at the trade deadline. So I think the Leafs still have potential and still have like you know a good opportunity next season but unfortunately they're gonna have to do what Washington did where they lost a bunch of veterans and they lost some players that seemed to be key pieces and suddenly they just turned it on and were able to win the Stanley Cup the next year the Leafs have to do the same thing and kick it into another gear and just get serious all this losing has to eventually turn something on to say I don't want to fucking do this anymore okay so here we go we have Mikheyev who is a UFA at the end of this season you have um, Kasha, who's restricted. You have Engvall, who's restricted. You have um, Jason Spezza, who's uh, unrestricted, and Blackwell, who's unrestricted. On defense, uh, you have... Oh, my... Uh, yeah, yeah. You have J- Jake Muzzin um, making $5.6 million next year. Yeah. Uh, but you have... Let's see, who's that? Uh, Mark Giordano, who's unrestricted. You have Labushkin, who's unrestricted, who we haven't even talked about, yeah. who I think fit into the team better than you could ask. Like, yeah, Steady Freddy, he was he was an excellent stay-at-home. He could be on the second or third pairing, like, easily. You have Sandine and Lilligren, who are both restricted free agents this, uh, this upcoming season. And then Jack Campbell. So right now, the, as it stands right now, on, on guys on the books, you have the Leafs uh, sitting, I guess, sitting pretty at... Uh, was that 24, the 75, um, 81 million currently already. So that's on the books for next year. Yeah. So, uh, that's including Riley's contract. And that's including Riley's contract. Yeah. So they got to find, and I think what the cap moved up a little bit, but like a, a million dollars, about a million bucks. Yeah. And they're at, yeah. So they have, they have maybe about, maybe about $4 million to play with. I don't even know if that's a, a close enough analogy, but no, I thought they were like $1 million off. Like they're, they're essentially capped. But, I mean, there's room to move. Like, if Giordano takes a pay cut, whether he's taking, like, a Spezza deal or a um, Simmons deal or something like that, you know, a million bucks or whatever. Gio's pretty fucking old, too, though. That's the problem. Like, I, I'm actually... I was a little shocked to sort of be refreshed on how old he is. I'm like, he's 38? He's 38, yeah. Uh, man, I, I kind of thought he was 36 or 35. I'm like, 38? I mean, I know he could still play, like... You can yeah, probably you, play on a third pairing for, like, little money. Like, you okay. give him a flyer. You give him, like, a one-year flyer. And yeah. you just, you know, like, like same thing with Spezza, Simmons, all these guys who want to be here just because they want to wear the blue and white. Um, you know, I think you can get probably Blackwell pretty cheap. Let me see what he was making last year. But you could probably get Blackwell pretty cheap if you wanted to. I mean, honestly, Blackwell's kind of done the, the role that I thought Nick Robinson would do. Yeah. But Nick Robertson... I don't even know if he's going to make the correct lineup next year. I don't know either. Like, I think they have no choice but to th- sort of throw him in there, especially on a depth position. But Robertson, I thought, was going to make the team this year. Well, I know he had a he had a bit of an injury. 725 for Blackwell. <sighs> Sign him. Yeah. Sign him. He's a great energy guy. Like, Robertson, I would love to see him come in. I- I'd love to see him actually produce, though. But, I, you know, I don't really give him a lot of time nowadays. I expected a lot more 
coming from this speed and 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 he kind of reminds me a little too much of get ready for it jason blake he's yeah. all oh. speed but then he shoots right at the logo on the goal <laughs> right, he's like, jesus murphy do you have anywhere else you can shoot okay let me throw this out, th- out there as well and i think this is kind of interesting too. jason fucking blake the average age of the leafs forwards is 27 years old 27.3 years old i mean you got spets you got simmons who are the older guys on the team uh, like Spets at 38, uh, Simmons at 33, Kyle Clifford at 31, who we haven't even talked about, um, and then Tavares at 31. Yeah, Clifford's not going to be back. I love what they did with Clifford this year, though. Like, they acquired him, they kept him in the Marlies, he played, like, the top line in the Marlies, and they made him essentially like, um, uh, oh my god. Like a leadership Brain. role, or no, no, enforcer? Uh, um, who, oh, I can't, can't, uh, Come on. <laughs> who's the guy in Washington? That Wilson. Was Wilson. Hey, Tom Wilson. There we go. He's kind of like Tom Wilson where he's got the hands to throw, but he also has a little bit of a scoring touch. I, I, does Clifford really have a scoring touch? Like, he seemed like the puck was always by him, but he didn't know where his stick was. You know, like, it always seemed like it was in his skates. Like, Jesus, Murphy, look down and shoot. He made so many dumb plays when they brought him on. I thought he was great for muscle. He gets suspended in the first game. I wasn't even really upset about that. I, I thought, like, bringing him on... And showing that muscle off was like, we're not going to be fucked around with in this series here. But the fact was that we really didn't need him. Guess how many career goals? First of all, he's been playing in the league since 2010. It's very impressive that he's been around. Uh, guess how many career goals, NHL goals he has? Um, eight. 66. Oh, that's freaking good. Yeah. better than I thought. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who, who, who probably, uh, he's never played a full season. Or he's never played full 82 games. He's played 80 games, uh, 2015, but never played a full season. 66 goals. I mean, whatever. And anyway, I just thought it was nice that they, they kept him in the Marlies until they were ready to bring him up, and they, they made him play so that he could. He wasn't just cement hands. You know, he was a guy who could, if the puck came to him, put it on net at least, maybe make something happen. And I thought that was, like, that is some real fucking meta shit. Like, I, I thought that was like, okay... In case we're gonna put him, we're gonna train him to be in the situation to be successful, even though he's gonna be playing fourth line and just trying to fight guys. I disagree, only because I felt I felt like anybody else that they put in there had way better skill. They didn't need all the muscle they, that he brought because they were hitting just fine. No, they def- no. I disagree. They, they definitely were, need the muscle. They, they were physically there. They were game, physically there. In one and two, you had Simmons, Clifford, Mikheyev. No, Black, game uh, one. Game one, you had Simmons, Clifford. They were gone. They were gone after game one. Right, but, okay, so what I'm, what I'm trying to say, well, Simmons wasn't gone after game one. Maybe after game two. After game two, Clifford was game two because he got suspended. But they were out there to set the tone of, like, hey, you're not going to out-hit us, we're going to out-hit you. And that was, they wanted to set that tempo and see where Tampa was going to play from there. And, I mean, the suspension is what it is, I... It's hard to believe that. I mean, that hit didn't look good. It didn't look. It didn't look good. But was it a suspension? Is it playoff hockey? You know, whatever that debate's out there. So I, I wasn't too upset about it. I thought it was sort of like a uh, a little bit of you know a stamp to say we're not going to be messing yeah, around. Yeah. And we got other guys that can do this too. So Clifford being out of the lineup, I don't think for me affected it. In fact, I think the Leafs played a lot better after he was out of the lineup. I think if if, if any guy on your team was going to take a suspension, yeah, that's the guy you want suspended. You, you know, you don't want you don't want uh, I don't know whoever, whomever, uh, Mikheyev taking that because exactly. Mikheyev will will spice yeah. up a team. So, anyways, okay. So moving forward, let's look at goaltending. The pre, uh, Peter Morazic failure of a season. Oh my God. He, How, you got to get him off the books. That's where you're going to save some money. You got to get him off. Who will take him? Seattle? Like, for what is he, 3.5? 3.5, yeah. Jesus, Murphy. Like, he's going to well, be in the Marlies. Here, here's what I think might happen. I think Peter Mrazek, I First, I think they sign. So they're talking today on the radio. Possible uh, contracts for Campbell is five at five, which Jesus. is insane. Because is he worth $5 million? Maybe. No, but five, no, I don't think so. I think five years is too much, and I think he would take much less. I, You know what? Like, even four million. What's, three, is, what's he? Is he two right now? 2.1 or something like that? I don't know. I, I th- No, I think he's at 1.3. Really? Me, okay, well, I, I still yeah, have it. You still have it. Because, I mean, I think he would take less, but I think he should also be at less term. Like, he's a great guy, and I think a pretty good goalie, and I think they could win with him. He's not at fault here, but, geez, 
I don't. I wouldn't want to sign him long term. One point six. Yeah, one point six. Morazic's at three point eight. I I think you could get away with giving him two point five for three years. Here's the thing. Shalgren had an incredible season. Shalgren did really well, but he also has been lit up a couple times. And I think him with Campbell, where he's going to get maybe a little bit more time if Campbell gets injured, let's say. 20. That's why I wouldn't want to give Campbell five years because he, yeah. he does get injured. Yeah. Shalgren yeah. will get time, and he'll get better over time. And I think he could be the goalie of the future because he has shown himself to be pretty steady. Like, he is a super calm. He's Finnish, I think, right? Sweet. Is he Swedish? Yeah. He reminds me so much of Rask. It's it's crazy. At least his mannerism. You know what's also is, great that this is the last year they have to play for pay for Phil Kessel and his one point two million dollars oh, on the books. Thank God, that's a savings right there. There you go. So so maybe they may, they may have close to five million dollars to play with actually. Okay, so so the Campbell talk. I think. Okay, so if you look Mrazic, I bet you they give him something close to what they gave Mrazic. Okay. Three point eight. So I mean that's that's like um, more than double of what he's making now. So you give him a 3.8. I think, here's my theory. Mrazic and Campbell come back, and they are a very good one-two punch. I think Mrazic comes back with something to prove, God, God willing. But I think he comes back with something to prove, and you see, okay, this team is going to be even better with some steady goaltending because I would say there was three months out of the season where goaltending was very questionable for the Leafs. Yeah, but they were pretty steady. I mean, even if they had a couple bad games here or there, like the Leafs of all times were actually pretty consistent. And I think it started with that big loss. Was it seven to one against Pittsburgh? That's right. Yeah. So the, just looking up right now, the salary cap's going to be jumped up to eighty-two point five million for next year. So we're pretty much right up to the cap. Yeah. So so obviously something's going to have to move, and I mean whatever they they figure out, or I mean, I, yeah, because there's not a lot coming off the books. On top, uh, let's see here. Really, I was just, I was just at it. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just go through really quick. Okay, uh, obviously Matthews, Tavares, Marner are not coming off the books. Nylander, Kerfoot off the books this year. Well, depending on what happens with him, Cat Pivot three point five. Yeah, you know I like Kerfoot a lot, and I think he played really well in the playoffs. He has so much speed, but he's so small. And I think for the amount of money that he's getting, like I know he can play in the top six, but I, I, I think. Maybe you can sub in Robertson for the money that Kerfoot's getting. I think you might have to let him walk. I think you you have you have three you have a whole line that that can go. You have uh, Kasha, Engvall, and um, Kemp, Kemp, yeah, who is like a, a made third line for you. You know that if if Kerfoot's not going to play there, then you can you can find a fourth line center. That shouldn't be an issue. Spetzel will probably come back if he if you ask him to. No, well, Kerfoot's been playing on the second line with Tavares and, yeah, and Mikheyev a lot of the time. So, so okay, let, let's yeah. just look at that. Okay, so let's just like do some, do some math on that. So you have three and a half on on Kerfoot. You have one point six on Mikheyev. Uh, let's see what else. Clifford's one million dollars coming off the books. Uh, Simmons is still there. Nick Nick Abruzze is gonna probably stay there. Robinson Spezza seven cases and uh, Blackwood seven seven twenty five. Okay, and and on the blue line, you know, Mark Giordano is the only one at three point three, which honestly I think he'd take a million bucks, but whatever. Um, that's coming off so three point three, which really doesn't count because he only played like half the season. Justin Hall at two million bucks. Labushkin at one point three. Uh, and then Sandine and Lilligren, you're gonna have to pay, so you're gonna lose some of that money. I think they're gonna get a bridge deal, anyways. They haven't, uh, like, still they're they're on the second pairing, maybe even third pairing. A lot of the times, I, I don't think they're gonna get a lot of money. They'll get a bridge deal, maybe for the next two or three years. That'll help uh, extend the Leafs, uh, you know, blue line for sure, because these guys are definitely gonna be in the future plans. I think you got about six million dollars to play with, though. Just, uh, just between Ker- Kerfoot Kessel, right there is five million dollars. Listen. Dubis can do a lot with six million dollars. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I think bridge deals are good for those guys. I think you saw Lilligren really excel. Um, who who was it? Lilligren and Giordano. That was kind of like this the new shutdown pair. Lilligren got hurt. Hall comes in. You know, see what you say. I mean, there's a whole stuff about Justin Hall being your worst defenseman and Keith defending him. So you know, maybe they've got some faith in Justin Hall. I don't. I don't really feel one way or the other about Justin Hall. I kind of like him. I kind of don't like him. Yeah, yeah I, I like Hall as well, and I think he had a great season. Uh, much, much better. I mean, we talked at the beginning of the season where I was hard on Dermott, 
before and liking Hall and then ended up flipping where I'm like, wow, Dermott's actually playing really well and Hall's been dropping the ball. But Hall ended up winning out, I think, long-term with that one. Hall was pretty steady, and I, I think he's been getting a lot of the uh, the back end. The, uh, the last thing I want to touch on is, like, we lost a lot of young prospects in the last couple of years, including Dermott. I'd like to see what happens with him in Vancouver. I hope, I hope he does well, except when he plays the Leafs. But when I think about young prospects that they lost, there's only one that burns my ass. Who's that? Mason Marchman. He's the only one that, that they lost. He went to Florida. He's doing it really well in Florida. He's hitting everything that moves. He's scoring goals. He's the only prospect. You know, you think of, like, Nick Shore. You think of, um, gosh, who's the other guy? Um, the American kid. Oh, Moore? Trevor Moore? Trevor Moore. Like, and, and he played really well. I think he got three goals in, uh, in the series with uh, Oilers. You know, like, you, you, you saw guys do well, but I think Mason Marshman's the one that I missed the most mm-hmm. out of all those young guys. What did they get him for? I can't remember who the uh, someone it was a deal with Florida. I can't remember exactly what the deal was, mm. but uh, needless to say, that's the one prospect that I definitely miss. But that's the way she goes. Yeah, we we tied up our core. We're fine to get rid of prospects to fill in throughout the season. Dubis has been doing an excellent job filling in the bottom six, filling in where needed, getting guys outside of drafts, undrafted players, people overseas. He's been doing an excellent job, and the main concern is the core. Matthews. Marner, Nylander, Tavares, Riley, these guys are all producing, and that's the most important thing. And here's the other thing that no one said, and I wish the media would say it. All those guys had career years this year. Riley had a career year. Matthews, obviously, breaking the record. You know, like uh, he, um, Marner having the uh, highest goal totals he ever had. Riley Eight having... Points, yeah. yeah, you know, like all these guys had career years. So to, to bash the core four is, is actually a little silly. To know that, hey, these guys all had career years. Yeah, of course, the season didn't go the way we planned or hoped or wanted or wished for, but they all had career years, and, which means you got you got to expect. And, and I think this is why the media, the Toronto media, doesn't really have a lot of answers. People are just like, oh, you know, might want to blame Tavares. That's like the last resort, even though Tavares had a pretty good playoff. Like, all these players were producing. They all did well. So who are they going to blame? Yeah. They have nobody to blame. They just blame have their yourself. hands up. They just have their hands up in the air to say, oh. Uh, uh, it happened again. Well, what know, are you gonna do? It's crazy. The Kyle curse continues. He jumped ship halfway through the series. He's like, "Okay, I'm a Leaf." He said it to himself. I'm a Leaf fan. Yeah. And bam, this shit happens. Yeah. And <laughs> what happens to Edmonton? They win a fucking playoff series. I know. He jumps ships Fuck at the you, worst Fuck time you. possible. All, All right, Kyle. Dave. Thanks for doing this. Let's tie the sucker off. All right. Um, until next year. There's always next year, Leaf fans. Remember that. We'll get him next year. For sure. Next year's our season. 2023, the year of the Leafs. Finally!